Kiwi Yarns with Brody Kane. Kia ora and welcome to Kiwi Yarns. Now, today's guest I'm very excited about as I grew up watching her every night at 7 o'clock. Angela Bloomfield played Rachel McKenna, joining Shortland Street in 1993 and fast became one of the most popular characters. Was surrounded many a time around drama and is absolutely one of the most amazing, longest standing characters on our beloved, well it is, no it is the nation's show. Ange, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. It's so wonderful to be here with you. I want to go right back to 1993 immediately. Okay. Okay. Go. <laughs> tell go me about now. tell me about life. Where were you, and what led you to Shorty? Um. Well, it was in 1992 that I suppose it all happened for me. But you know, it takes a little while to get to the tally. Um. So I was at um when it was called Carrington. Polytechnic, I mean, it's called Unitech now. I was studying um, furniture design and oh. I had sort of dabbled in auditioning for things. I certainly hadn't studied acting or anything. I'd done sort of, you know, the musicals at school and things, but not drama. And the Shorten Street audition came up and I did it and, you know, I was pretty excited about it. It was pretty nerve wracking. I remember. Um, and this might not mean anything to people other than diehard fans, but in the middle of my audition for Shorten Street, Martin Henderson walks in <gasps> and just walks in Jesus. and goes, hi, and then <laughs> goes, oh, hey, I'll leave you to it. And it's like, if you understand auditions, that is absolutely a no-go for another actor just to come in and check out who's going to be their future you know, actor that they work alongside. So that was a little bit like, <laughs> wow. Um, because I suppose I started on block 12. So they'd only be doing it for about three months when yeah. I started. Um, and I remember getting the call that I'd got cast. And I remember feeling, um, I, don't, I don't know, it was just a, it's just a weird feeling going, okay, I'm going to go do that thing. And my only preoccupation was really, and this is going to sound so 19, was <laughs> what am I going to wear? So I made my... <laughs> mum take me out and buy me a bunch of different outfits and I think I wore some weird double denim on my first day at Shorten Street and I was that was all I was really thinking about so I when, really had no idea what lay ahead for me so when you say you wore the double denim did you wear that to work or did you wear it on your on so your first day that was Angela right yeah thinking, you know, I was just so you know hey look at me I'm wearing in my new favorite outfit but actually I was really lucky because I mean it, it's been long standing that you know Rachel is kind of like a bit of a fashionista so I think one of my first outfits they rented from Zambezi they didn't oh, purchase wow. it too expensive they went, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll rent a few things and then we'll give them back because that's too expensive. Um, so I was kind of lucky, really. She wore really cool clothes right up until, you know, and the whole time I was there, actually. Yeah, I mean, that, that's amazing that they did that. Did you, do you remember, like, was it kind of like your first day at school? Did, do you liken it to that, like yeah, turning up for this new absolutely. job and it being scary and overwhelming? Absolutely. And it's just, and now it makes it sound like I'm obsessed with clothes, which I'm not. Um, <laughs> but it's just that thing of like, I had watched it enough to know what it was and to know that it was important. And I had friends that were both, I had two friends that were in the first episode of Shorten Street. So I understood how important it was. 
Um, and I suppose I'm just someone that just mucks in. So even though I had no idea what I was doing, I just looked to the people around me and copied what they were doing. And around that time, I mean, it's, I love that you you came out of the blocks with a great yarn with Martin Henderson walking in on your um, on your first audition. I mean, did you so you had it and yeah, so you had a couple of mates in there. What was it like, you know? back then and being around people and then sort of spending so much time with them and evolving as, did you all evolve as friends? And Well, that, that was that actually reminds me of something really important. Um, that they were quite a tight-knit unit. And I think in terms of long-standing camp characters that had come in to join um, them, Craig Parker had joined as Michael Galvin's brother knowing that that would be a long burn character and then there was me and I suppose yeah I had like a I think it was a month contract to start um and so they knew I was a long burn character but I probably didn't realize I was a long burn character I was the daughter of the CEO right and I remember after about um a month or uh, my contract just kept getting extended every week um the producer coming to me and saying you have to let people in because I was like this is quite intimidating I'm just going to do my job watch these people and I probably was keeping to myself because I was incredibly intimidated by it all and he was like you have to make friends with these people and I was like can't I just do my job (laughs) can I just be good and he was like nope you actually have to become part of this community and I was like so I had to kind of forced myself to integrate. And that's when I started to getting to know people and they started to getting to know me and it was just fun and relaxed. And I mean, I had a great friendship with Ange Dotchin and yeah, just kind of, and Carl Burnett used to go to my high school. So I just started connecting with them and it started feeling a little bit normal after a couple of months. Did you, at the at the start, I mean, obviously it was, you know, it became very popular very quickly, but do you think anyone at that stage had any idea like what it would become and that it would still be going? No, I don't think. I I mean, you know, Katerina's, Katerina Denave is no longer. I think they aspirationally would have thought that it would go a long way, but I don't ever think anyone thought it would be at nearly 30 years. Do, do, do you ever like for nostalgic purposes, like whip back and look at a scene from back in the day? Um. <laughs> Not, not on my own, but people send me them. So oh, yeah. I sort of, you know, every so often, you know, or someone will send me a picture or something. So I get to see it. I quite like it. It's, it's, it's reassuring and it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a laugh. So yeah, I quite like it. I mean, I, I have to, I, I will admit, I haven't watched it. Like I don't, I'm not sort of in the new phase of it. Probably the past sort of, I don't watch a lot of actual TV, TV anymore, which I think we, you know, we'll probably get to and discuss. But, you know, like I was like core nineties, you know, like that yeah, was absolutely. that was my jam. Um, yeah. But it's it has been quite amazing. And have you been able to sort of because you've been involved in it so much? So have you sort of been able to step back and watch how it's evolved? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I went back, so obviously I was there for a big chunk of time and I stepped away and then quite quickly started directing the show, which was great. And um, and then I started to sort of bounce between directing and acting on the show, which I can't even remember how, how all of those changes happened. But it has gone through different um, evolutions and eras 
And I remember this last time coming back and it felt like the computer or the internet was suddenly a very big part of um, media and television and promotion and reach. And I remember it felt different. It just felt different. It felt like the audience was on top of us and you, and they had a judgment to say on every night, every episode had a, had a, had a pushback or a response. And it felt like, yeah, that, you know, it was from the very beginning when you went to like Dunedin or Wellington, people were excited about you being there. So that that's always been consistent, but I suppose the voice of the audience has never been quite as prevalent as it is now. Yeah. Do you, um, when you, th- Rachel's a very complex character. She's been through a lot over the years and you've had like, you've spent so much time playing her I mean, this is probably a very common question, but it does always fascinate me. When you spend so much time in a role, in a character, do you think there's elements of you that morph into her and vice versa? Or are you, have you always been able to just be like, that's my job? No, no. I think um, in those early days, you know, I, I wasn't trained. I didn't have a toolkit. I didn't... Um, there would have been a big patch there where I didn't know where um, she began and I wasn't there or you know it was just a big smash up of the two of us and I remember specifically when I was going through a big arc with the alcoholism when she was quite young um where I started to get quite unwell and and it was that thing of realizing that I was so strongly five days a week feeding myself a message of um low self-worth and failure that my body was starting to respond in a way of like well, you know, and I was getting rashes and yeah, I started to get panic attacks and things like that. So I actually went to Robbie Malcolm at the time for some sort of guidance and she taught me about, use, um, you know, having, because I was living on my own, you know, so I'd go home and I'd learn lines and it was just, it was just, you know, a hundred percent smash up of two people. And she just taught me about sort of pushing pushing the stuff out, or say the character out on the way home and letting yourself back in, if that makes sense. Mm. And we talked a lot about using, taking your makeup off as a really good way of sort of exercising the character for the day. And then um, as you're driving home, like using that as an opportunity to really, you know, push any darkness out or any color that wasn't yours out and breathe in yourself. So when you walked in the door, it was assisting you in switching off. Nowadays, I can switch quite, ever since I had had my children, I feel like I, it switches quite quickly because that's a really strong force in my life and I know who I am with them. And it's not, you know, it's just having that really strong sense of who you are as a, as a mother. So it's just, it just sort of like flips. And I think that's been really useful. Yeah. Do you think as well that, um, step it like your involvement in sort of behind the scenes and, and directing and that as well helped maybe as well oh absolutely but that sort of came a lot later I was sort of in my late 20s by then so um yeah it's interesting and I always I've had those instances also when I've been you know in my life having an argument with say you know my ex-husband and <laughs> And feeling like suddenly I'm in some performance piece and I've disconnected and my voice has gone to a place that's not truthful. I've got, I've gone into a place that's sort of like, 
I suppose it could be seen as protecting yourself in an argument, but I've separated from myself. Right, right. Which I'm not sure how helpful that is, being an actor. It's great when you're on set, but it's not great when you're, um, you know, in your life. And I even have to remind myself, like when I'm having kind of battles with the children, getting a bit stern with them, that I've got a really angry acting face. But that's, and, and they see that and I go, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually that angry. I'm just using my <laughs> disciplinary kind of, <laughs> I'm, you know, angry look but I'm not actually I'm quite chill about yeah. this and they're like okay <laughs> that's do they do your kids have do, do they watch Rolling Street are they like super proud or, or do they sort of oh, no, keep, keep, no, keep out of it <laughs> so so when they came to the world I was directing on the show and um so they thought I worked at a hospital so oh yeah no idea of what was going on at all and the way I talked about it they went oh mum works in a hospital and then by the time I suppose they could have started watching it, which is quite young for some of our wee New Zealanders, I think, you know, six-year-olds watch Short Street. Yeah. Um, I was an actor on it and I was, um, you know, obviously on an on-screen relationship with Michael Galvin and we all, you know, our worlds are also very meshed outside of that. And that would have been me kissing one of their friend's dads. So they did not watch the show because <laughs> that would have been super weird. Yeah. Um, and then when they came at the age where they did realise that people were looking at us out while we were shopping and stuff, they were just, they'd read me really. They'd read me and go, is she cool with it? Okay, I'll just, I'll just do whatever she's doing. And then quite quickly now, I'm not allowed to hop out of the car when I drop them off or anything like that at school because they literally lie about who I am to their friends unless it, it, it's out or I mean we had an exchange student a couple of years ago and my daughter was like don't tell her what you do don't <laughs> tell her what you do it's like you're showing off and I'm like well I'm not I'm just that's what I do and she's like don't mention it I'm like my goodness this is insane so they're just at that age where it's not cool to I don't know have a job that puts you in front of the people in a way well I, I have to share a little secret with you what's well, not really so secret but um it's a very sort of similar vein to Hillary Barry and her boys who just they I, she, they don't follow her on social media they don't look, take any notice of what she does it's like oh mum so you're not alone in that respect no I'm a bit naughty like I I do ask permission to post pictures of them but every so often there'll be one that's just you know, too cute not to share, and I'll get told off so severely. Yeah. So severely. Oh, kids. Um, <laughs> I love it. Now, what would you say, can, is, can you think of something that's been your proudest moment oh, on the show? You mean in terms of my career? Well, or? well yeah, absolutely. Anything uh, you can choose. I think for me, you know, the opportunity to, you know, become a director and, and you know, at, and be taught how to do that under the umbrella of Shorten Street and then at SPP in general and on their shows was like, it was quite momentous for me. And um, I, I, I'm pretty proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that I had people that were working around me that, that looked at me and went, you could do this. This is something you could do. And that they sort of took me under their wing and kind of shepherded me in that way. And I, and I feel deeply indebted to that. Um, the other thing would be meeting the Queen. That would be kind of cool. That was kind of cool. Wow, that is very cool. So this is a 90s um, Shorten Street era thing. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, a late 90s 
the Queen was over here um, with her hubby and we all got invited to um, this garden party. So sort of, you know, the, the key players in Shorty Street. The trouble was it was a big day of filming and I think it was Carmen Leonard's funeral. So we had to shoot that in Snapper Rock and then we all hopped on a bus and got shipped over to S Epsom to meet the Queen. Wow. And I just remember like being at this garden party and going, whoa, 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 where am I? And then the Queen got ushered over to a couple of us and um, whoever was ushering her over was a quite an excitable Shorten Street fan. So started to go, you know, there's the Shorten Street stars, there's Shorten Street stars. And you can see the Queen just going, <laughs> I have no idea and I really don't care. Um, and we all just, did, we were told, you know, had a curtsy and things like that. So we all just, you know, nodded politely, knew not what to say. And then she just kind of got shepherded away from us. And I just, I'll just never forget that. Yeah, that's cool. Like, not many yeah. people can say that they've met the Queen. I know, it's a bit silly. Oh, no, <laughs> I think that's awesome. And um, this might seem like a really silly question, but do you, do you think, having worked on a show that has been obviously medical themed, that you have some, like, I mean, not qualified, but, like, you do find that you've got a bit of knowledge about health stuff? <laughs> Absolutely. The thing you've got to remember is like, I, so I'm an untrained actor. So what I tend to do is just mimic what I see and then have a self-belief that I am that person. So um, I do tend to sort of profess to know things or sort of, I don't know if I had to like, no, I could totally give mouth to mouth. I could totally do that. <laughs> Um, but even if it's just like any sort of crisis where there's blood or a broken bone, I'm like step aside, let me come in and, you know, assess what's happening. <laughs> Probably a mother too, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's that's classic. Now, um, obviously, very recently, you have made quite a significant career change. You've moved into real estate. What sort of made you go that way? Yeah, it's a funny. It's a funny story. Me and Paula Bennett, eh? We're all yeah. Real estate. How good? Um, it's so weird. Uh. So I suppose I have had moments where I've left the show um, and didn't quite know, you know, it's happened about three times actually, where I've left and not quite knowing what's going to happen next. Um, I just needed time to sit back and relax and realise that I was an actor and a director and that was what was going to happen next because um, I'm not used to being out of work. Do you know what I mean? I've had long contracts. And so... Uh, in those times, so it started way back, you know, in my 20s, I'd, I'd ruminate on who, what else could I do? Um, and real estate's come up every time. I don't know why. I, th I like houses. I, I mean, I, I bought my first house at 23. It's, that's, you know, all of that, it's sort of not intimidating and it's appealing. Um, and I suppose those times that it that it came up, I'd sort of say it out aloud and someone would go, oh, no, 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 that's jobs 24-7, you don't want that job or, you know, and just got that sort of feedback and went, yeah, right. you know, went back and directed Shorty Street or went back and acted on Shorty Street. And then it came up again. And so I've been away from the show for a few years now and sort of wrestled with the whole thing of, lack of consistency in the industry and I have tried to diversify and got into casting and got into teaching which I've loved you know all of those new things but the real estate came up again about a year ago um 
And I was, and I knew at this stage that other people, you know, who had been actors had actually gone into real estate. So it seemed to have a bit more validity and like, okay, well, this is, this is a thing. So I, so I went, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, bring a couple of people that I know distantly in real estate and have conversations. And they were just like, you'd be good at this. I was like, okay. That sounds interesting. And so I, I signed up to do my papers, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year, not knowing about, um, I actually ha had two big shows booked for this year, which I was super excited about. And I thought, this is great. I'll do these shows and I'll get myself licensed. And that way I've got that opportunity um, when these shows finish. And then lo and behold, everything imploded and everything disappeared other than these studies and it was lockdown mm. and I was like great and so I started to learn about the, the legal side of everything to do with real estate which is a lot yeah yeah and so how's it been going it's pretty full-on yeah um so I think it's been really interesting i was i was attached to a listing the day i was licensed jesus right on so right on it's been it's so i've been in real estate officially for about nine weeks and i've already sold three houses jesus and, oh yeah and wow. um <laughs> that's so I'm, cool it's a lot and so i'm i am working 24 7 yeah <laughs> like that person told me years ago um that that'll 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 temper itself over the next year because at the moment I've um, buddied up with someone else where I work who is a strong seller to learn quickly um, but at the same time I've got my own listings that are coming in so we're just both juggling a lot but it's really really enjoyable and um, I'm, I'm just learning a lot and feeling really excited about it. I just think it's awesome for women well women and men but you know to, to out there to look at someone like you who's made a really significant career change um and for people to know that that can absolutely happen and that you know it's never it's never too late to give something you want to do a crack that's so true and you know that thing i don't know like my friends my good friends we don't tend to congratulate each other too much do you know what i mean we're very supportive of each other um but we caught up a month or so back and um, there's always champagne when we catch up. And, good, um, good. and one of my friends said, cheers to Ange, who said she was going to do something and did it, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, thank you. Um, because your friends just don't, you know, make declarations like that. And I was, and it made me step back and go, oh yeah, I did. I did. I said I was going to do something, and I and I did it really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I and I feel really good about that. The industry, and I'm still auditioning for projects, and and you know I'm still writing things in this time. Um. But the industry wasn't sort of providing enough for me, and I have kids, and I and I and I and I'm used to working hard, and and this is I feel like I'm in the right place for that, and I'm great. I'm grateful for it to have happened so that my kids can look at me and go, you know, and watch that and go, well, you can at any point pivot if you want to and make a change. It's just up to you. You decide what you want to do. Oh, it's, I just think it's awesome. I love it. I, the other thing, um, you know, with 2020 and everything that it's uh, thrown at the world, um, it's been, you know, 
no one has been immune to what COVID has thrown at it. And, you know, the arts and entertainment industry has been one that's been particularly hard hit. How do you do you feel like it will recover? It can recover? Because what I notice is <clears throat> when you look at, <clears throat> excuse me, when you look at things that people love, you know, like it's, you know, arts, entertainment, sport, music, things that make people feel good. Um, and when, when, you know, everything almost had to stop, it made you realise how much those things were important, you know? Yeah, well, I remember years ago, I think it was coming out of the recession and they talked about, you know, what when we didn't have much money, what we were focusing on and it, what, and it was the arts and it was movie going to the movies and you know um and lego boomed at the time um but it was simple pleasures like watching tv and things like that so when you suddenly um take that out of the equation it does it does become a little bit daunting i do think it will recover i understand that it's going to be a slow road i think for us in our country we've got an opportunity as we always do to test to dip our toe quicker than other countries do it's about us being able to get back into theatres and get back into, um, you know, stages where comedy is performed and things like that, so that we're um, giving our artists a, a means to make money and survive. Um, I think that's that's really important. In terms of like film um, and studio, that's found its place clearly. Mm. You know, other countries are coming here to make things, so we're having a little boom time here. Um, which is wonderful and we just have to make you know give it time for the rest of the world to recover in a way where then we can start putting ourselves back out there but I think that's a wee way away and I, it's sad to acknowledge that but we're in a good place mm. we're in little old New Zealand so we just have to start baby again yeah I agree mm. hey if you could play one person in the world if you could act one, as one person who would it be mm. Oh my god! You like do their like biopic kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Oh my goodness. Ah, wow. I've got this one name coming to mind, but it's so like feels so weird and stupid. Um, which is Jennifer Aniston. I don't know why. Oh no, that's a great idea. Yeah, I don't know. I've just always sort of like yes watched her and and been so interested in her as a performer and then as her life, yes. you know? I don't know, that's just the name that comes to mind. That would be kind of awesome. I think that's bang on. I think you've nailed yeah. it. Honestly, that's great. Did you yeah. see her wonderful, that script reading with her and Brad? Oh, and yes. Oh, my yes. word. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wish that, I mean, <clears throat> I don't, it's got nothing to do with me, but gosh, I wish they'd get back together. Oh my god, I'm a diehard there, fan of them as a couple. It's so silly. I know. Um, but isn't it? It's I don't know. It's about your romantic leanings, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And what you idealise. And I think for them, at the era, the time where they were together, was just probably quite informative time for me in my life. So it was just like you can't separate. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, that's interesting because you know, like it, it's that thing where you think. That you know, you know people, and I, I dare say that there are many New Zealanders that do feel like they know you, whereas they, you know, they know Rachel. But what is something that New Zealanders might not know about Ange Bloomfield? Oh wow, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad my kids and um, friends aren't here. Um, 
I grew up as a really picky eater. That's probably not so interesting. I've got terrible, I'm working on it. I used to have terrible time management and it's not because I'm disrespectful of time. It's because I'm an overachiever. So I try to do a lot of things before the time that I had to get ready and leave. Um, so that's probably something that people don't know about me. Um, yeah, I'm not very good with vegetables. I don't eat a lot of vegetables. That's terrible to admit. No, that's that's I know. okay. Look, you know, what do you, what do you well, like of the vegetables? Main, it was mainly in my 20s, really. Now I'm more in the leanings of like food is fuel. And if you go to someone's house and they cook you a meal, you goddamn eat it, you know, yeah. um, which I do. And I've eaten eggplant out of the house. But now, I mean, I do eat lots of broccoli and things like that. I just don't eat peas and beans and Brussels sprouts and things like that. I yeah, I, I actually have to admit that I don't eat a lot of peas or beans or all Brussels. You know, I, no, no, none of those actually. I think it's because I was like, you know, born in the seventies, and when I was eating all that stuff, the way we cooked peas and beans was quite icky. Mm. So I was just like. No, nah, I'll have the potato and the meat, thanks. Yeah, yeah. No, that's sounds a little bit like me. I love it. Um, now we'll we'll rip into the Kiwi Yarns quick fire questions. Okay. Uh, well, question number one, I know the answer. It's not going to be a veggie salad. What do you bring to a summer barbecue? Well, it's so funny because like five years ago, it would have been like an orzo salad with capsicum and like spring onion and red onion in it. Um Barbecue definitely requires a bottle of bubbles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's your um, um, What's your favourite bubbles? What's your favourite tipple? Probably Verve. Yeah. But I, if I'm at the low end of the wallet, um, I'll totally have Daniel Lebrun or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think we might be cut from the same cloth. Yeah, because... <laughs> um, <laughs> My daughter's, I keep forcing my daughter to drink alcohol at the moment. Anytime I have bubbles, I'm like, try it, try it. She's like, you're right. I'm like, just try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, bubbles is a great thing. Great yeah. thing. No, I, I, think, think, that... I think I'm probably like a, yeah, a salad, you know, whether it's a pasta salad or, yeah. Yeah, always reliable. Um, yeah. And your second question is the five Kiwi people that you're inviting to the barbecue. Oh my goodness, I'm terrible with reading. Was it five? That's good, because I thought of a bunch of people. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably because of what's happening for us right now. I would love to um, sit down with Jacinda. I yep. think it would be great to have have a chat to her and have Neve there and stuff, and, you know, Clark can come too. But he's, you know, that's just peripheral. Yep, no, that's sweet. Yeah, probably I'd invite Nadja because then she can, Nadja Lim, she can like teach us some yummy food recipes. Yeah. It she's... sounds weird, but I probably want to invite Simon Bridges as well and just really talk out what happened. Yeah. Just and really do you... talk out what happened in a safe space. He's actually, regardless of what side of the political spectrum you sit on, He's actually quite a decent bloke. Like I've I've met him a, a number of occasions and you take away politics. He's actually very pleasant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they go back a long way. So I think mm. there'd be lot there'd be a lot to learn from watching how they interact and seeing that they've just grown up in an industry as well and it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on, they both are very passionate about politics and New Zealand. Um, and then in terms of other guests, I'd probably, yeah, think about some musos. Um, yeah, I don't know. Would I need to invite someone sporty? I don't know. <laughs> you can invite whoever you like. Is there anyone? Is there anyone that you haven't met that? Because you probably have met a lot of people. It's a 
funny thing when you ask people that and you're like, you do, do you do realise, you know, that you have met a lot of people? Um, I definitely haven't met everybody, <laughs> you know. Um, Is there anyone that, like, that you kind of fangirl? Oh, right. You know, um, like, oh, my God, that's that person. You, they don't have to be New Zealanders. Well. But they do have to be New Zealanders. Yeah, no, they kind of do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is terrible. Come back and I'll, like, come okay. back and I'll think about we'll come, it. We'll come Maybe back. Maybe it's someone in terms of directing, you know, that I haven't met. Uh, not like Peter Jackson, because I've met Peter Jackson. Yeah. Um, but it, maybe there's a director. Taika? That I want to. Oh, Taika, that's actually what I wrote down, and you're not going to believe me, but it's on the page here. Look. There you go. Yeah, and I have briefly met Taika, but I think it's a good time in his career to sort of get a big um, – get him to do a big dump down on how he got where he is. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I, I yeah. think he's he's awesome. I'd love to meet him. He's he's right up there for me. He just seems like such a cool dude, eh? Yes. I he think is he's a cool dude. I heard somewhere now this might be true or not that he was he was on holiday with, with Chris Hemsworth at the moment. Well, there's photos to prove it, so I, I don't think it's a rumor. I think they're mates now and I can tell you how this happens. When you work with someone, especially in the arts and especially that director-actor relationship, it's really precious. And you, you know, you, you sometimes you have actors that you don't speak their language, but often you find actors that you immediately connect with and you're asking them to do things that no one else is and they're trusting you to do it. They're trusting you to be vulnerable. Um, and you can look at Thor and go, was there any vulnerable moments there? But there are in terms of the trust of the relationship for him to even do all that comedy and um, and look to Taika to be his eyes and go, is it working? And I just understand that those, I've got that with actors. I connect with them. And then if I don't see them for a while, I'm like, where are they? I love them all so much. I want to hang out with them all the time. So those that, that bond is really... Um, precious and really real so they're, they're friends they're just friends now and that's hard for us to get our head around oh, yeah. but they're just people out there that have met and they connected i just wish i was friends with them too <laughs> <laughs> absolutely one day one day yeah. um okay. now we'll, 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 we'll you've got four so you can come back if you think of someone else okay. but we'll okay. go to your um well this could probably lend itself to the there might be someone in question three your favorite kiwi artist or song well, this is the thing. See, um, you know, I don't need to tell people how old I am, but I think my in my music, my formative music years, I'm I grew up loving sort of like Dave Dobbin, Crowded House, Bo Runga. So that's the music that I, you know, was listening to when I was in pubs and things like that. So well, you could bring Dave to the barbecue, here. then he could jump Dave. on the guitar. I'll bring Dave. I've met him a couple of times. I actually think he's. Awesome! I love his music. Well, he um he's one of my very good friends. He's her neighbour, oh. so she often hears them having a jam over the fence. I'm like, that's wow. awesome! I know, that awesome, very cool. Now, question number four: Where would you love to go in New Zealand that you haven't been? I haven't been to Kaikoura. Um, oh. I love to go there with the kids, and you know pick the time of year to whether we, you know, do the whale watching or what, what we get to see. I'd really like to go there. Um, that's. Yeah. It's a great, well, that's, it's a key, a, that's the key one. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Um, Have you been there? Yeah. Well, cause I, you know, it's only up, it's only a couple of hours up the road. So, um, and I, the funny thing is um, growing up in the South Island, those are the kind of places that you can drive through a hundred times. So you feel like you know them 
But this year, more than ever, with you know domestic travel, I've spent a lot of time there, and it's it's so cool. It's like, honestly, it's just the people are great, and and this, you know, people talk a lot about places like Queenstown, and no, no disrespect to Queenstown because it's amazing, but the scenery is as magical, and on some days, if not better. Because you've got the, these harsh mountains that just drop into this bright blue ocean, so it's yeah, it's you will love it. I'm gonna definitely do it. Definitely do it. I recharge a lot. Um, I think it's because of kind of like the way Auckland is and how the land is. But when I, I think it was last year or the year before, my son and I went to Wanaka to do a whole lot of big walks, like big sort of five-hour walks um, for a few days, and you, I just seem to recharge so much in that sort of um, environment where there's mountainous and it just feels you're so connected to nature. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, well, then high on the list, highly recommend. If you need any tips, just give me a holler and I'll I'll, I'll prepare you some notes. Um, and question number five, finish this sentence, I'm most happy in New Zealand when I am... With my children and my friends. Yeah. Can't yeah. beat it. Can't beat it, right? I think so. I've always been a little bit of a, a homebody, um, a little person that likes hanging out with my family. And then the kids came along and they were two people that I liked hanging out with um, and just have a really small group of friends that I lean on a lot. And yeah, I just feel most at peace when I'm with them because I'm able to be myself. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Hey, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Um, thank, thank you so, you. thank you so much. Now, oh, and do you have to work the weekend? Because you do you have to go and do the open homes this I, weekend? Yes, I currently work seven days a week. Ooh. Friday is meant to be sort of like the day off. It's sort of become a day away from the office. Um, but as I say, it's going to evolve. I'm just in that part of my learning where I'm learning a lot. So, you know, check back in a year and hopefully I'm definitely having a Friday off. I love it. All right. Hey, look, thank you so much. That was Ange Bloomfield. That was Kiwi Yarns. We'll see you next week.